into the contest. It's Friday the 30th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert, joined, of course, by Shane Lee. Now, Shane, I know that Tom, your son, is a precocious, prodigious soccer football talent and Steve Gillis, player manager of the Stars in the NRL, is already making inquiries. You had a movie night with him last night. What were you watching? Moneyball or what, what did you watch? Well, I was hoping for, for a good movie like that, but Tom's only six, so we were watching Looney Tunes, mate. So I had Daffy Duck and, and, and Bugs Bunny, mate, but uh, yeah, we went downstairs and uh, we got set up on, on the big lounge and um, plenty of dinners and, and a midnight snack, mate. And I woke up this morning, I had none of the midnight snack and it was all gone. I'll make, make you feel better about yourself. That's always the case, isn't it? State of Origin jersey up for grabs. You could win it if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter. That's Afternoon Sport on Facebook or Twitter. A sign New South Wales jersey and of course they won the title in 2021. Today on the show we have former Olympian, silver medalist at the Olympic Games, John Stephenson and Brisbane comedian Rugby League loving Shad Wicker. Afternoon sport. Oh, here no sports today. Shane, I've been loving the Olympics. Jess Fox yesterday finally getting that gold medal. Uh, she'd had silver and bronze, and it was, it was a wonderful moment. I was a little bit confused about the swimming relay yesterday. We've been giving them compliments all over the place, but the 200 metre freestyle relay for women, and Ariane Titmus has sort of dominated everything and they put her in to swim first. Yeah, it didn't make sense really, did it? Um, you'd think that you'd put Titmus up against Ledecky considering she's better in that distance already um, during this Olympics, yeah, and yeah, and she just looked a bit flat. Look, I can't take anything away from Ariana uh, Titmus. She's had a fantastic Olympics and but she just looked like that the um, the races before have, had, um, had taken the toll on her. But uh, yeah, it was strange and we had two sort of inexperienced swimmers towards their back end where they got run down. But look, a bronze medal nonetheless, mate. It was uh, another great effort. But yeah, I agree, Timmy. Yeah. The tactics weren't right. Yeah, they broke their world record, so well done. But I would have thought, you know, and I can hardly swim 50 metres. So I, I, this is coming from, uh, this is coming definitely from my lounge chair. But Emma McKeon put the two younger ones in the middle and finished that. Anyway, it, it didn't happen. It's all fish and chip shop paper now. But uh, we'll continue to watch the Olympic Games because it's going to go on for another week or so. Coming up on the show, good rugby league about the Roosters. They're going down injured, but 28-0 over Parramatta. Brisbane comedian, he loves his league. Shad Wicker is next. Okay, it is time to talk the greatest game of all. It's called Rugby League. Shad Wicker, the Brisbane comedian who also knows a stack about this game, absolutely loves it. The Roosters, what do you think, Shad? I was very surprised that that game went the way it did last night, don't you reckon? An absolute smashing of Parramatta. I think it's about time we should probably start looking at Parramatta as potential posers in this uh, in this finals race when it starts to heat up. What do you reckon? Look, I, I disagree. I, I had a gut feeling that the mm. Roosters were going to dominate. Um, I I know that their coach, Trent Robinson, um, addressed the Chairman's Club, which is sort of the the leaders amongst the um, the, the Roosters, including Nick Politis, and and the stuff that he was saying apparently was um, was really positive and how he's going to deal with all the injuries they've had and how they're going to get through the season. But, you know, Sam Walker, for a kid who's 19, he was unbelievable again. I was surprised how good uh, Adam Kieran kind of played as well because he, mm. he was playing for the Warriors for a little bit, um, only like, what, 18 months ago as yeah. well? So, I mean... They said there is something about the Roosters in that, you know, them and the Storm are really a next man up type side, aren't they? Like there's no other team, I think, 
in rugby league where it's like you can cut off your arm and grow back an even stronger one, you know? Yeah. And and look, Trent Robinson's very clever, as is Craig Bellamy, who just signed on to 3,025 <laughs> at Melbourne. So he's going to be there a long time. Pappenhausen, Pappenhausen's re-signed for three years as well. Now, now, Shad, do you ever bring sort of magic into your comedic uh, stage shows? Like James Roberts, room taped, windows taped, doors taped, <laughs> but he found his way out on the balcony and, and got a bit of sunbake and got fined. Mate, this um, this bubble is really pissing me off as a Queenslander. Not only because, yeah, you know, obviously I want you to obey our COVID guidelines up here, so you don't give us herpes like last time. But I, uh, I'm also there's a saying in comedy, mate: you cannot trust a magician, no matter how much, how many shows they manage to sell out. So if this guy is doing card tricks and somehow managed to appear on the other side of the balcony. I'm pretty sure this guy needs to be behind bars because he's up to some other mischief as well. I, I don't understand how hard it is for them to get it. You know what I mean? Like it just, it baffles and blows my mind that they don't understand that it's, uh, and, I, and I, I mean, we've spoken about this before too. Like I don't buy too much into the whole, you know, oh, the compassion on the border, blah, blah, blah. But you have been given quite a privilege to come into here. Mm. Uh, your family and stuff have been sent up here as well and then you just want to go and sit out on your back things and break all of our rules like oh, i'm so over it at the moment not to mention as well i know in that in that um quarantine at the moment there is a hell of a lot of anti-vaxxers that are flaunting the rules on purpose there's nothing i can't stand worse you know what i mean <laughs> well um shad speaking of magic mate the st george take on south sydney can the dragons pull a rabbit out of their hat mate because i think if the dragons lose this match we are in, that's the end of the season i hate to tell you mate but there's no yeah. chance <laughs> like, honestly you knew the answer to the question i've had to deal with a week of getting sorries from my stepdad after they put 60 points on the warriors yeah jesus that was one of the most heartbreaking how many, how many 60-point games we had this season? Because it feels like a million right now. And then they hit me and it felt like, oh, man, it was worse than losing the grand final, like 32 to 6 to bloody Manly. We, sh- we should check that. We should check that for, for, the, for the listeners to see, Timmy, how, how many points have actually been scored this season. It must be a record. Yeah, because I think we're at, we've had yeah, two we might, close might have, to 66. Yeah, I might, uh, I might talk to my son at a little research project while he's doing his homeschooling because he is the king of rugby league stats. He was jumping around the room like a wild banshee, big Joey last night, massive roosters, man. Um, now, just just on that subject of the Dragons, still, we're, still, we're still being affected by Vaughny's barbecue because three of those guys, <laughs> if they were ever a chance, they're not a chance because they're – got to have three guys out suspended again. Yeah, maybe they should look underneath his bed. They might find a few more forwards hiding under there, I reckon. <laughs> He's off to the Bulldogs. What about Roger Chilvasashek, your, your Warriors man, mate? Off off back to New Zealand to play rugby. Uh, I'm, I reckon it's surprising to me that so many players are still here now that our season's essentially turned the corner to being over. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, well, you know what I didn't like? I think I didn't like how Paul Kent had some bad words to say about him after wrapping up early in the season to go back to New Zealand. Did you guys see that um, story? I know you guys are a big fan of his. You all hang out and uh, probably having Zoom chats every afternoon. But um, <laughs> No, I get, on, I, get on fine. I get on fine with him, but I, I did see it. He's provocative. I didn't like that kind of commentary. A- anyone that kind of says, because there's a couple of articles be like, oh, he's given up on him. He's given up on him. He wants to head home. It's like, well, hang on, guys. Like, they've been over here for, what are they clocking up now? 500 and something days the side hasn't played at home. Mm. I was like, if, if the season's over, mm. the guy's already signed to leave. I mean, we see players do this when their contract, like the Broncos are doing it with every bloody player under the sun at the moment if their contract's up this year. 
But like you see players leave mid-season when they've signed with somewhere else. The Warriors have no chance of playing and he's also been away from his family and friends for ages. It's like, get off the guy's back. The, the Warriors kept this, this competition going the last two years and it's goddamn respect. Also some wins though, also a lot more wins. <laughs> Hey, boys, uh, our producer, Dan McHugh, just popped some numbers up on the screen. Um, he was saying that last season, uh, total p- points scored was 7,092, and already this year we're at 6,587 with quite a few games to go. So, yes, it is a very, very high point-scoring season. There you go. Sorry, boys. I've just got some numbers here as well, which are positive news. Um, last season it was 167 mullets, and this year we're at 120. <laughs> so we're actually doing pretty well when you think about it. <laughs> Uh, Chad, look, it's always great to chat. We've got a good weekend of rugby league. It's like hard to find out where you watch the league when the Olympics are on, but it's a, it's a good problem to have, a bit like coaches stack full of stars. We'll talk next week. Too easy, guys. You have a good one, eh? Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Olympic silver medalist himself, John Stephenson. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. He likes to call it John Day. It is Friday, former Olympian John Stephenson. How are you, mate? Timmy! It's John Day today. Don't we love John Day? Oh, we yeah, should call it like Olympic John Day. Mm, we're right in the middle of it. I'm looking forward to uh, the athletics, the track and field. We've seen some golden moments in the pool, out with the rowing. And look, we've got some real chances in track and field, don't we, next week? It's, you know, Tim, the swimming has given us a really, really good sort of alley hoop into when the real stuff starts, which is the track <laughs> and field. <laughs> and, and, you know, as much as I've been really, I've been really bashing this Olympics because of the you know, crowds and the mask and just the overall experience the athletes are going to partake in. But, you know, the, the stuff I've been seeing on social media and the things I've been seeing on TV just throughout the swimming, I think organically what this Olympics has proven is that we, we can't help if you're a sports lover is to love competition. It's why we love playing backyard cricket. It's why we love, you know, racing our friends down the street when we're young kids. And I think this brings out the inner kid in us when we watch the Olympic Games because mm. you just see you just see pure performances. And you're right, Tim, the track and field starts tomorrow. And, we and, and you know, I, 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 I there's, 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 there's two athletes which, and I've been doing my research, so obviously I'm working with another network um, covering the sport. And, it's, you know, the games in track and field is very different to I find when I'm watching the swimming in the sense of you can, it's, it's a lot harder to predict in track because you're running so many rounds and you're running so many rounds at a high level and, and the whole mm. world gets to run. And the two athletes, which I think, and I'm going to give you one male, one female, I think have a real chance is Nicola McDermott. I think mm. the way she's been jumping in the high jump is superb. 
I think she's peaked at the right time. And having Eleanor Patterson, who can also make the final being right there next to her, is going to make her feel like she's in the home competition. Now, that is really, really big when you go into a, a games and not having the crowd and the pressure. I think that really helps the Australians. I think when you come from Northern Europe and Northern America and, and you're racing, you're used to dealing with crowds, you're used to going over to Europe mm. and running European championships. When you come from Australia, we don't get a lot of crowds here. So when you actually get to a major competition, that really plays a factor in your ability to perform because you've never really performed in front of 90,000 before. Nicola's not going to have that pressure. She's only have the pressure she puts on herself. Having Eleanor there as well um, really gives both girls really the opportunity to win a medal in the, in the hijack and not only win a medal, maybe even win the competition. Mm-hmm. So that's my pick for the ladies' side of track and field. Now in the men's, there's two guys which I really, really like. One is Stu McSwain, who you have spoken to before, um, uh, and and he's been running. You know, he's he's pretty much the top three in the fifteen hundred in the world in time, uh, top three in the mile in the world in time. I think he's got the he's got the mile record. I think that this year, um, and the only question mark I have is when you get to a championships it becomes a bit like team running. When you run one mm. day running in the world, you sort of mano a mano sort of racing when you go to Monaco and all the races he's won this year. When yeah, you get to yeah. Olympics, the teams go, you know what? Three Kenyans, three Ethiopians, and Stu's going to have to defend, you know, and be able to deal with the tax that's going to come from both of those countries. So I think that's going to be quite difficult. But my roughie that I really like, I reckon Peter Bold, 800 meters is one of those races, man, that it all comes down to tactics in the finals. He can make himself into the final. There's no way in the world that I think that he cannot win a medal. He can possibly actually win in the 800 meters. So Peter Bold, yeah. Stu McSwain, and, uh, and Nicola McDermott for me. Yeah, looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. And uh, look, there's been so much talk about the mental health side of things. We saw Sky Nicholson, our boxer, and that interview afterwards, the way it was really difficult to watch. She took it so personally because she went there for the gold medal. Then then couple it down, we've got you know Simone Bowles, the greatest gymnast probably of all time, pulling out because of mental health problems. We had our own Liz Cambage and others pull out. Well, this is a whole another podcast. Nothing we can talk half an hour, an hour about this, Tim, but yeah, you know, it's clear to see that that you know, athletes not scared to come out and talk about this. Maybe in the past, they would have said they were injured. Maybe in the past, they would have said they were sick. Um, they're, they're quite, you know, they're, they're feeling confident enough to come out and say, hey, man, I, my mind's not all there. And, and, and I'm a, I'm a hard marker when it comes to performance because I think you should perform at all costs, right? But I definitely understand and sympathize with when the mind's gone, doesn't matter what you ask for or no matter how fit the body is, uh, the mind dictates, you know, your performances. And I think we've seen that with Simone where she said, look, I'm just not at, at 100% mentally. And, and we saw that as she did. I saw, I watched the one vault live that she did. And she, as soon as she landed, she sort of walked off and you could just tell that she just was not interested to try to psych herself up before she went um, when she was on the runway. And, and, um, and then that was, that was it for her. And, and, and I think, uh, but I think the issue with Sky Nicholson is, is completely different. I, I think this mm. is a, a girl, which, um, which, and I think this is the first step of putting that pressure on yourself, you know, before you get to the point where it actually breaks you. And, and you saw the girl was extremely disappointed with, with the outcome. Uh, I don't think she's extremely disappointed with her performance. Cause I thought she boxed, really, really well. I think she was evasive. I think she chose a shot. Her body, her left body shot was brilliant. Um, and, you know, but I think at the outcome, I think she just really, really wanted that gold medal. She believed in herself. And I loved seeing that in, in an athlete because there's no point rocking up to the games if you're there just to participate. She was there to win the gold and she was mm-hmm. deeply flat that she wasn't able to do that. So um, I, I think that's a very different sort of case to what Simone's going to, but it can be the precursor 
to putting yourself into where you put so much pressure on yourself where it becomes yeah. a burden it doesn't actually help your performance. Yeah, exactly. And changing the subjects, lightening it up because it is Friday. Look, there's heaps of serious stuff going on. Do you shave down um, like sort of in memory of, of what went in the past? Do you shave down? We started talking about Shervo's junk last week, right? Now he asked me if I shaved down. I just, I, I just don't understand why you're deeply fascinated about my grooming because if I checked on your Instagram this week, Mr. Gilbert, if there was one guy that's given me crap about the way I grew my hair, <laughs> you put it on your Instagram with your beautiful wife, giving the big fella a trim, and you're going to question me about my grooming? I'm not questioning. I knew one day, Tim, I rub up on you, man. I rubbed up on you, Timmy. Oh, no, and she cut me. She, she did it with horse clippers. I feel like I'm growing a tail. <laughs> All right, John, enjoy the athletics. I can't wait for it, and uh, we'll talk next week. Love you, buddy. Cheers. Love you too, babe. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to our guests today, John Stephenson and to Shadwicker. And thanks to our sponsors, X-Blades. Yes, www.xblades.com.au. And our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back Monday with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend.